Okay. Um, so, firstly, welcome to the new, new listeners. Uh, there's another f- bunch of you that just joined. So, um, for those who's been listening to the earlier episodes, thank you for that. Uh, it seems like there's quite a lot of interest in um, the earlier episodes that I've, you know, spoke with other people. And I'll definitely do that uh, again, especially maybe after the Season 9 um, of Survivors finished. It'll be nice to kind of do deep dives or just kind of, you know, fun... Um, fun talks with some of the, the castaways that I've uh, got to experience this uh, season nine with. And then also for the new guys, um, you know, that's kind of co- um, confused uh, with all the Land Rover content right in the beginning. That's kind of where the podcast started. So everything started with Land Rovers and then kind of slowly, you know, morphed into um, talking about, um, you know, things and feelings and thoughts. So um, basically it's the last week of Survivor South Africa season nine. And, you know, in the end of this week, someone will be walking away with 2 million rand and the title of Soul Survivor, which, if you break it down, it's actually not a ba- bad paycheck. You know, it's uh, it's about 50, uh, 51,000 rand a day um, to be out there. And, um, you know, 2 million for one month's kind of uh, work is, uh, it's not a bad, uh, you know, check at all. But it's not easy money. Uh, it's definitely earned of an edit, you know, equals to three days worth of gameplay. So um, those who had the opportunity to play, you know, Survivor will tell you that uh, it's definitely not a month's work or month's salary, you know, whoever wins the the title. You know, the pre- and post-game periods takes weeks, months, and even longer, depending on the person, to to prepare for the game and then to process the game afterwards. And, uh, you know, just the, the, the amount of time and energy it takes to put you yourself in the mindset that you uh, you know you will need to get yourself to survive that month out there you know it, it takes a lot of planning and then um, you know preparing yourself for those sleepless nights for the cold for the limited food and then obviously all the stresses that comes with uh, trying to outwit the rest of them in the game it all adds up in the end and um, I think I've mentioned this in the earlier episode that it took me the first time around season seven maybe a year just to kind of uh, just a post game, you know the 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 pre game um, takes like I said can can also take a few weeks to a few months. So the odd few weeks that the viewers get to see, um, you know that all translates into a, probably a year year and a half average for for the castaways and especially the post game, um, you know because besides the fact that everyone now kind of needs to deal with the what ifs and the you know the emotional aspect of the game and the psychological aspect and all the tax that the game kind of forces you to pay post game you know now the castaways get scrutinized by the public and oftentimes have to endure m- weeks and months of social media backlash so having been through all of this shit uh, twice and having been on the receiving end of all of this for both seasons you know i can honestly report back that people love insulting others on social media and obviously, you know, it's it doesn't make it anything better. It'll just make it worse if you had to try and um, defend yourself. So, you know, you just kind of have to completely remove yourself from that uh, arena and just focus on, uh, you know, focus on um, getting yourself back on, to tra- on, back on track um, post-game. So anyway, in a week from now, anyway, Twitter and all the angry white Christians of Northall have forgotten about me and the fact that I've orchestrated the blind side against Chappies. You know, I've rallied everyone against Dino and then spoke harsh about some of the other tribe members. But in the end of the day, that's all she wrote. So, now, 
for 2020, uh, when we got told that we should stay indoors, you know, and keep the doors locked and look out of the window, I decided that I'll it'll be a good idea to add a bunch of things to my routine. So um, I had this long list that I kind of posted on the on the fridge, and some of the things was drink enough water, you know, read read this amount of books or read this amount of pages every day at least, watch and listen so many podcasts, and you know, don't forget to stretch and do an exercise and all these things that. You know, the internet says it's good for your health. Um, so one thing I also added was writing. So one or two weeks into lockdown, um, I guess like many others, I started to kind of spring clean the house, clean everything under the bed, in the cupboards, rearrange everything, the garage, the car. And then I also ended up, uh, you know, sorting out and cleaning up uh, my emails and inbox. Um, and I actually stumbled upon a folder that I thought I lost when I was like 17 or 18. And it was a collection of poems. Now, poems it's more lyrics probably written as lyrics but you know in a in a in a rhyming scheme but it's was it's things i wrote 18 years ago uh probably 30 or 50 short little lyrics poems and um somehow i saved all of these files in this folder in my burning uh, my burn email and i completely forgot about it uh, some of them, you know, what when it was was written when I was 17, 18, 19, all the way my time in Thailand and then a little bit in the first few years in Israel. And then that's kind of where I kind of stored all of these files and, um, you know, um, poems and I dropped it in this email um, box. So um, it was also around the same period during lockdown that um, I... I got my uh, take lot order or my take lot order arrived and it was just a bunch of books to keep me company as I you know I went through lockdown by myself and uh, one of these books was um, Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat Pray Love now I'm always very late to the party and I'm sure everyone's you know rewatched the movie 20 million times and um, you know I'm, I still haven't watched a 3D movie so uh, I'll eventually get there so just give me some time but anyway late on the train I started to read Eat, Pray, Love, which was absolutely fucking fantastic. So fast forward a few uh, a few weeks later, I finished the book and a few others that I started to uh, that I um, you know started to read at the same time, and I decided to kind of keep a diary and document some thoughts and feelings, seeing that uh, you know there's not much else to do. And although I always want uh, always enjoyed writing, I barely made the time for it, as it's a very stationary exercise. And for me personally, I prefer to move. Uh, and be outside you know that's also why i'm pretty useless with any instrument rather give me a board and i will try and figure out how to use it but you know giving me a guitar and telling me to sit down and you know learn how to play keyboard or guitar it's it's you know that's death to me uh at least when i was younger so um for me i, w- I just wish i i read more or i i was you know i I could read more and it's probably just a habit you know but uh, i wish i could read as much as my mother who at any d- uh, day of the week, she probably reads two or three books at a time. And when I'm uh, when I'm in books, it's like five to nine hundred page novels, not your forty thousand word novellas. You know, so it's serious business. And um, the only time that I was in that serious business of reading was um, when I was in Samoa in season seven. Um, after I got voted out, um, I had eight or nine days left in Ponderosa or you know in Jury, and um, basically I had you know, nine days living in this beautiful resort on the eastern side of the main island. Uh, we didn't have our phones with us and uh, there was nothing else to do 
then sit around the pool or sit in the, sit in the, the at the bay and read or eat, you know, which I did both quite well, quite successfully. So anyway, um, now I must add something because uh, this is all due to because of circumstances that I that I read so much in season seven or you know in Samoa. Now the night I got voted out, um, you know, I did my exit interview. I did my medical checkup and then I weighed in and, you know, uh, I lost 11 kilos in the 28 days that I was in the game. So that was due to two things. One being that we were playing the game during the monsoon season. So it was the rainy season in that area of the world. Um, So our time on the island in the game was extremely cold and wet, nonstop. So for the first six to eight days, we barely ate anything. We didn't have wood to uh, you know, to make a fire, and we, in, anyway, we didn't have a flint to start the fucking fire. So we didn't have anything to eat, or you know, a flint or wood to cook rice. So we had to resort to eat eating coconuts, which I didn't know at that time. But after a certain point, it it does have a laxative effect. So um, that was the two reasons I was eating coconuts for twenty eight days nonstop, and you know, the other reason was. Um, uh, the rain and you know sh- shivering, which I'm pretty sure burns quite a lot of calories if you do that for weeks on end. So anyway, um, after the um, the medical checkup, I had a nice burger, and then uh, I started digging into a box of sweets and cookies and shit that I had, um, you know, at the villa, which didn't stop until like four in the morning. I was just kind of consuming sugar and all this shit. So I woke up the next day, had a few interviews, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to go sit next to the pool with a beer and a pizza, and I'm just going to enjoy and celebrate the fact that I'm in the Pacific, I'm in Samoa, I just finished this beautiful, incredible game, and, uh, you know, I've got nine or eight, whatever days left um, in this in paradise. So it was around midday when I started to feel kind of sick, uneasy, and I told whoever was around me, listen, I'm going to go back to the room, and long story short, for the next eight days, I had what I think I was, it was food poisoning. So uh, it could have been, I'm, I'm pretty convinced it was just a shock to the body with all the sugar and the shit that was being consumed after not eating for weeks on end during the game. Um, so I was basically confined between the restaurant and my room. You know, that's kind of my pathway that I was walking up and down um, just due to the fact that, you know, every five, ten minutes I just felt so sick that, um, you know, I couldn't stray too far. So that lasted for, like I said, eight days. And um, the the last day that we were left uh, that we went Samoa before flying back to Fiji, um, I woke up that morning. I was kind of I felt okay. I didn't feel hundred percent, but I felt at least a little bit of hum- uh, human. So I thought, you know what, fuck. I just sat eight days around reading a lot. You know that was uh, that's actually the point of my story, but I'll get to that just now. Uh, that I'm just gonna go for a paddle. I just want to do some exercise, just move my body again. So I went into the bay with a stand up paddleboard. And I just battled around, and you know, the, it was kind of overcast, uh, not too hot, but uh, just, just, just perfect. And uh, across from my villa, in the distance, across from the channel, it was probably four or five kilometers away. There was a small little island that I was for eight days now, you know, just kind of observing from a distance. And I thought, you know what, fuck this. I've been observing the tides, and I've been observing the currents, and the weather patterns, and the wind directions. I'm going to go for, for this island. So uh, it took me about 45 minutes um, until I reached the island. You know, I, I docked up the, the board, got off um, on dry land, and then there was this local guy that came up to me, shook my hand. We tried to communicate, you know, kind of um, via 
uh, you know, hand signals and so on. But anyway, we were just kind of standing, enjoying each other's company in silence. Um, and then from the left-hand side, it happened quite quickly, and that's exactly, you know, life out on the water. From the left-hand side, there was this cold front kind of moving in, and usually the wind comes before the, the rest of it. So there was this white horses, the white caps on the, on the water, going from left to right and I had to go straight across the channel back again so um, luckily for me you know um, I was kind of you know I knew how to paddle kind of in a direction or in an angle at least not to be completely swept away by the wind and current so um, long story short it took me a good hour I think just over an hour to get back to 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 the mainland which in in the middle in the in the channel you know I was greeted by a beautiful green little turtle then also a marlin or a swordfish. I don't know which it happened so quickly, but it came right in front of me and fucking chopped a needlefish right in half, right behind the stomach. So this needlefish was still alive and still kind of, you know, um, obviously it was, you know, it, the, the backbone was completely gone or the tail end of it, uh, but it was, comp- it was still alive. And um, anyway, so that was quite a sight to see. But anyway, so I got back to land and... Um, you know, the next day we, we, we flew back. I got back home in uh, in South Africa and it was, I think, the second day back home, which when I developed this kind of serious pain, in, uh, you know, in, in abdominal pain, and it was all due to a fucking spider bite. So uh, that was another week of agony. Um, and now this time around, season nine, um, you know, I've, I got voted out. I went to, ju- um, to jury. Um, I went to Ponderosa. And then coming back home, it was the second or third day, and I developed tick fever. And, you know, that usually takes about one or two weeks to kick in after the bite. So that obviously also happened, you know, back uh, back in the game. So um, all of this shit, you know, it just shows you that the game, what the aftermath of the game continues well after the cameras stopped filming and, you know, the viewers have moved on to fucking whatever it is that they, they watch after, you know, there's no more Survivor. So... That just shows you that, you know, there's so much more than just the 45 minutes, uh, which is, uh, it should be obvious, I guess, but I don't think it's that obvious to many people. But anyway, so back in Samoa was the first time I really enjoyed, you know, it was my first um, enjoyable experience with books. And uh, although I took a a bunch of books uh, with me, um, you know, the one that I ended up reading in Samoa was uh, Shantaram which is a very well-known book. And um, it's obviously, it's, it was my first fucking proper, you know, um, page book. Um, and the first few days, it took, it, it, it was kind of a slow start. Um, you know, a page here, a page there, every few, half an hour or whatever. And then, you know, it kind of picked up and picked up. And then whenever I went, uh, after a few days, the book basically became part of me. So everywhere I walked, I carried it with me. And slowly but surely, I got completely invested in reading every single second I had available. And I remember actually feeling quite naked the few times I went to, to dinner or to breakfast and I didn't have my book with me. So that was kind of the first enjoyable connection that I had with books. And it's not the first time I read books. It's just the first time that it's I, the book, I, I was almost treating the book like the same way I would treat a, f- a cell phone or you know something like that. Um, it was with me at all times. Um, and then coming back home, um, you know, it's just amazing how quickly um, a habit can be lost and how long it takes to cultivate these fucking habits, especially something like, uh, with you know, um, that's not a phone. I mean, a phone has so many uses, I guess that's why it becomes such a fucking tool and such a drug to a degree. But, you know, a book, 
if you can if you can cultivate that that need to have the book close by, it becomes kind of this asset where you can kind of disappear into this you know fantasy world at any uh, you know any minute of the day. But anyway, um, so during lockdown, um, like I said, I, I ordered a few, um, and one of the books was East Pray Love. And then, um, you know, the other books that came with it. And it was also also like kind of like a wave. You know, it has its crests and troughs as, you know, days go by. Some days you read, some days you don't read as much. But um, after finishing um, this memoir um, and finding those old poems that I felt that I had to reread all of, all of them again, um, it was interesting because obviously, you know, they are... 18 years uh, old or 15 years ago that I, that I wrote them. So they're quite outdated on how I saw the world back then, but they still kind of represent the same desire that I have um, to write. And, you know, that's the one thing that didn't change. So um, now it's almost three years later now um, that now I finally kind of um, finally have 15 chapters that um, hopefully combined will be able to convey a story. So... Um, Although I enjoyed writing, uh, I never said I'm competent. That's a, there's a big fucking difference. So for those who do decide to follow along for the next 15 weeks or so, k- please keep that in mind. Uh, it's kind of like the first draft, so expect you know plenty of grammar and punctuation and spelling errors. Uh, but with that said, obviously feel free to point out any you know issues or errors or thoughts on each chapter. So what I'll do is I decided to use Substack for this as it's kind of this extremely clean and easy canvas to work on. And it makes everything look organized and easy to work with. So at the bottom of each chapter is actually a comment section, which I'll kind of continuously scan for each, uh, for questions and comments. Um, I'm not going to go in too much detail um, of what the book is about. Um, the link is in my Instagram bio, so that will lead you straight to to the to the book. It's called The Woman in the Wind. And um, for those who listen to the earlier episodes, podcast episodes, it's not only about Land Rovers, although there is a certain Land Rover that does get mentioned, but it's not about cars at all, actually. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave one or I'm going to post one chapter each week for 15 weeks um, and then hopefully have enough um, feedback to see, you know, I've got no idea what I'm going to do with this. It's just three years of writing that I kind of decided to uh, do something with because I, I feel I feel it's pointless uh, in me kind of keeping it, you know, in somewhere in a file and you know never opening it, uh, opening it up to anything or anyone. So uh, I'm just going to put it out there and uh, would love uh, feedback on it. Um, and for the rest of it. Enjoy the last few episodes of Survivor South Africa. Uh, whoever takes the title obviously deserves it. It's been one fucking hell of a season. And I think quite easily the best season in terms of gameplay. Um, you know, majority of the season's castaways left the game via blindside. So that does say a lot on how well everyone have played. And um, yeah, looking forward to, to the future, what Survivor South Africa has in store. Um, I am, I'll be seeing, you know, many of the season nine castaways i'm sure early season earlier seasons as well of uh, castaways on thursday night so it should be fun to catch up uh, and now that everything is finally open in the open you know be able to discuss moves and plays and uh, all the shit because i think that's also that's for for survivor players that's a very important part of what i mentioned earlier the kind of the post game uh, process is to kind of close that chapter on um you know things that was unclear and um 
relationships that was kind of you know severed by gameplay and all this stuff so i think there's a lot of healing that happens in a reunion and that's why i think it's important to attend these things although you know on average i'm not too too into the social um aspect of get get togethers in public so anyway um so that's it that's me i hope everyone have a amazing week and remember for anyone in cape town or close by the flower season is upon us so with the first nice warm sunny day take off work drive up the west coast and enjoy the colors and the flowers it's fucking phenomenal so uh, do yourself an effort bring a picnic basket bring a boyfriend bring a girlfriend bring your significant other and um, come and enjoy the colors it's a very special period up the west coast and it does not last long so um, we are upon we are in the flower season Thanks, guys.